89.9 ESPN. Now, 92.9 FM ESPN presents Memphis's biggest columnist. You ain't got to do nothing, homeboy. You ain't writing nothing. No, you ain't. ain't writing nothing. I ain't letting him write. He ain't getting no interviews. It's the award-winning Jeff Calkins from the Daily Memphian and the Jeff Calkins Show. I don't get no interviews. I know. I'm good. I'm good. On 92.9 FM ESPN. Gentlemen, this is something they call a groundbreaker. So let me first apologize to the shots and the ties for your makeup. Cause I make you ugly as soon as it drops. We're on a rampage. Bubbles popping up before you know where this rubble and dust is. We'll be pushing it up. Somebody say, You Morning, everybody. Happy Monday. Uh, happy, happy, happy Carpe Diem Day, Jeffrey. That's what the early word tells me. Uh, the early word, of course, is the email that you get from the Daily Memphian if you're a subscriber that brings you up to, to date on everything you need to know. Uh, you're a Latin scholar, right? Indeed. So you know that Carpe Diem, at least the early word told me, means pluck the day? Seize the day. Well, it said today it actually means pluck the day. Mm-hmm. Everyone says seize the day, but it really means pluck the day. Mm-hmm. Carpe has, you know, carpe the, the, has many, many forms, but the, the translation would be seize, seize the day. Seize. Well, so the early word is wrong. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to investigate that. We're going to start out on a moment of controversy. Today on the radio show, we've got Dan Devine uh, coming up in the next segment. Uh, he'll talk to us about the NBA. And then Chris Harrington. Grizzlies tonight, Jeffrey, and what you've circled. Right? You have this game circled because Brooklyn's in town. No question. Why, Jeffrey, do you have this game circled? Well, Jeff, if you go to Tankathon right now. Oh, yeah, what happens if you go to Tankathon right now? So the Grizzlies are, are in sixth. With a sixth, game sixth from the bottom, correct? Yes, exactly. No, they're in sixth. <laughs> they're in sixth. Yes, with a game lead over Toronto, mm. but also only a game and a half ahead of Brooklyn. So this is another big one. This could this could swing things. You cannot win this game. Have you conceded? By the way, they can't catch Portland. Portland's no, there's still five two, games. Still two two big games left. A lot of big, a lot of ball, a lot of ball left. Yeah. It's. I'll tell you, one of the looming challenges. Mm-hmm. Maybe not, because maybe at this point it's too late. But see, Trey Young's out, right? Indeed. So it, now, Grizzlies have a five-game spread with Atlanta, so I think you're okay there. You're, you're right. The real, the real jostling, the real jostling for position is going to be between Memphis, six from the bottom, Toronto, seven from the bottom. Memphis has twenty wins, and then Toronto and Brooklyn, each with twenty-one wins. And so this is a critical. Will you really be? Will you? So here we are. Home. It's a home game. Sure. Will you really be happier tonight if the Grizzlies lose than if they win? Yes. Me too. Yes. I, I, I'm sorry, people. If if you want to, uh, uh, when we get this time of year, everybody splices it differently, right? Sure. People can handle it the way they want to handle it. Find your enjoyment the way you want to find it. I will be ultimately happier if it's a thrilling game and the Grizzlies miss a winning shot at the buzzer. Yeah, I had no problem with the way that Friday night Friday played out. Friday was great. Friday I had no, was great. no problem with yeah. the way that Friday but, played out. But if you all are like, I'm never going to, I'm always happier when my team wins or I have season tickets or I go to the games, I like seeing this. That's fine, too. Like, we all do this the way we want to do this. I'm, I'm trying to have the best, at this point, the best asset possible to help obtain that center. Uh, however, however... Uh, that center is obtained. If it's going to be Kyle Filipowski, he's limping a little bit mm. these days. We, we may get into the court storming uh, later. But, of course, we have other things to talk about. Dan Devine uh, in the next segment. Chris Harrington um, after that. And then it is com- it is NFL Combine Week. Oh, yeah. And, by the way, we already have news today as T. Higgins has been tagged. Yeah. If you don't know sports, you don't know what that means. You know, it's funny how much of what we say is lingo. Sure, right? Like, buzzwords, yeah. T. Higgins has been tagged. Mm-hmm. 
What that means, he's been tagged with the franchise tag, and that means uh, uh, Cincinnati's on the hook for $21.8 million to pay him so he can't leave as a free agent. You're paying him uh, the going price for a the franchise tag um, to keep this player from negotiating for someone else as a free agent. One of the interesting things about it is, well, we'll get to that later. Okay, we'll get to that later. We'll get to that maybe in the second hour when we talk about the combine because we have a lot to get to before we get to Dan and before we get to Chris. And I don't mean to brag. You know, and and different factors go into victories one way or another. Like, there's all kinds of factors, I guess, that go into victories. But the Memphis Tigers, since I've become a married man, Mm -hmm. undefeated, and they don't turn the ball over. I I mean, with all due respect, uh, uh... I did uh, quietly get married on Mm -hmm. Scott Morris's porch Saturday, and I want to thank Scott and Mary. And uh, thanks, Scott and Mary, for for putting on on, them. People are so nice. Honestly, like, the people at Oak Hall were incredibly nice, making me look respectable. Not just respectable, resplendent, really. And then... um, And then... uh, Scott and Mary, just incredibly nice. Scott uh, uh, presided over the uh, very small ceremony, um, but they it, they opened their home and um, to us, and my uh, sons came in. She, Claire has two sons, and two of my three sons were there. One joined us on FaceTime. Uh, and uh, and, and I, I mean to say this, well, first of all, I feel uh, incredibly lucky and happy and, and all of that. And, of course, I'm, where else would I spend my honeymoon but right here? Of course. In the studios of 92.9. Um, and then, and then Jeffrey, I, again, there's all kinds of factors going to a victory. But since um, the Tigers, I mean, since I'm hitched, the Tigers undefeated. They guard. Mm-hmm. They rebound. Yep. And, uh, and they take care of the basketball. Yeah. And they, uh, and they, and I, you know, it's, it's, and we'll see if they can keep this up, uh, because I hope to stay married for a long time. So, um, there you go. It was, I had quite a weekend, but the Tigers had quite a weekend as well, which I guess should we, should we get into this chronologically, Jeffrey? I think that makes the most sense, correct? (sighs) Yeah. The news uh, broke Friday, um, that, uh, that Malcolm Dandridge would be held out of the game Sunday. And then there were all kinds of other rumors flying around about all kinds of other players and all kinds of issues about what this might be. Uh, The university finally released a statement on Saturday saying Malcolm is being uh, held out uh, while they investigate. And this involves academic issues. And um, they didn't actually say that, did they? I don't think their statement said that. They just said, well, they investigate. But it does involve af- academic issues. And so here we are. There was a lot of um, – it, it's only on social media that this happened. But it was – there was a lot of recrimination about the reporting of this story. Did you notice all that on, on – Bluff- I, was, I was aware of it. I, I didn't yeah, get in the mud on yeah, Saturday. Yeah, yeah. Bluff City Media, um, uh, I think – um, and 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 they were credited on ESPN yesterday. Bluff City yes. Media um, broke the story, and then what happened was, and I, I'm not going to get inside baseball on media stuff. Then what happened was, then a bunch of fans were saying that can't be possibly true because the Daily Memphian and the CA and other people haven't reported it, and they were uh, criticizing Bluff City Media. And then when it turns out that Malcolm was held out. Then they're like, you all owe an apology to Bluff City Media mm. and turn. back and forth and back. It yeah, turned back. Other, other folks said, you know, apology to Bluff City Media. Here's the truth, uh, in, and you, you can have state your own truth in, in terms of the media environment these days. All kinds of outlets break stories, all kinds of stories now. It, once upon a time, there was only the newspaper you know, and the TV stations are the only people who even had wide enough circulation to break stories. There was no internet. There was no Twitter. There was no Facebook. There was no, there was no else to put a story. And so the only people who really broke stories were main, the, the most mainstream of mainstream sources. That's who broke stories. Uh, now, stories are broken all the time by non-traditional or, or 
uh, newly arrived or whatever outlets, many of which do good work. I, I'm not, you know, that that's the that's the way of the world. Others which just print rumors, right? Like it, I heard. And when a story, just when, if this ever happens again, if a story breaks on, you know, Bluff City Media and the Daily Memphian or the CA don't immediately follow it up, I'll tell you why that is. Because the, either they don't have the same source or because the, what's often, the, and I don't know anything about Bluff City's sourcing standards, but the sourcing standards are different. So what it used to be like at the CA, I, when I was there before, you couldn't write you couldn't report anonymous, an anonymous story, period. And then it was, unless you had two sources, both of whom were known to the editor of, and both of whom were 100%, they would know on a first-person, like they had first-person knowledge. So if it was someone in the basketball office who didn't actually know, but had heard it from an assistant, for example... And that, that person wouldn't have counted as a source. Right. We, we wouldn't use that person as a source. And so things that might have been true turned out to be, in the end, accuracy mattered more than anything, right? Accuracy really mattered more than anything. And so I can 100% guarantee that Parth and Jason both on Friday had heard, you know, stuff that that they could have tweeted out. But... Whatever, for whatever reason, like sourcing and Bluff City turned out to be right. Like the university, then when the, what happened was, is when the university released the statement, um, both the CA and the Daily Memphian immediately put up stories. But until then, they didn't, according to their sourcing standards, didn't have it well enough nailed down. And it could just be that other organizations have a different sourcing standards, right? I mean, I don't, I, it, it doesn't mean anyone's operating in bad faith or anyone's, the only people who crapped on Bluff City Media was fans who didn't want this story to be true. <laughs> you know, like there are a bunch of fans who just couldn't, this can't be happening. And no, a lot of times this stuff's true. Don't you find all the time things circulate out on Twitter or wherever and some things turned out to be true and some things don't turn out to be true. Yeah, the, I mean, to me, I think the key part is it's the sourcing standard. It doesn't mean, like... Again, and I'm not disparaging. I don't know yeah, what no, Bluff City's... I'm, I'm not even... They no. may have had... They broke the story. Penny, Penny may have told them themselves. And if you go and say, listen, our, our anonymous source is Penny Hardaway, then they then they say, oh, well, that's okay. We'll, we'll, we'll use that. If they say our anonymous source is an equipment manager who was told to take down Malcolm's name tag or something, we wouldn't do that because he could be sick. You know, any, any number of reasons. So... It's it's usually comes down to sourcing standards is why the reports come out differently. They got the story right. Malcolm was held out. Congratulations to them. And there's all kinds of people who do good work. What really matters is the story itself. And um, and the story is, I don't know, Jeffrey, how ominous do you think it is? Uh, 10 being uh, a SMU uh, Pony Express program is going to be shut down forever. One being no big deal. <sighs> It seems to me like this is this is where it gets difficult because everything everything Memphis, particularly Memphis basketball related, it always just turns into like overly dramatic. Right. Like and so I think it's definitely not a one. It's not a one. Malcolm Dandridge would not be being held out if Correct. it were a one. Do I think this is gonna be this is the event that we're gonna look at and say, well that this was is the, the end of that Penny? was the end of, end of Penny Hardaway era? No. I it does seem to me like it could have tentacles that go beyond just Malcolm Dandridge. Well, I mean, again, I have certainly heard names of yeah. other players who are in who may may or may not be involved, but nothing that I would say on the radio or report in the Daily Memphian. Right, and like, am I convinced that this is just going to be a basketball issue? Like, no, no. I've also heard that. You've so, I guess, am I saying like a five and a half? Yeah, I, I think it's concerning. I think it's concerning, um, but. Uh, there's nothing much to be done. There's nothing much to right. be done other than fret about it. And I think it's a, it is reasonable to make the observation that um, there's always S happening. Oh, yeah. Like, I, I was trying to think over the weekend. What, what the, the, the drama that has beset this program since Penny became the coach, if you were going to pick the top five... Right, 
I mean, the Wiseman's got to be one. That's clearly number one. I mean, that huge national story. They played in defiance of, like, that's number one. The sprinter van underneath the arena, the running back and forth from the courthouse. And then. Yeah, yeah that, that was, I mean, everything, everything Wiseman is one. Yeah. That, that's no question one. Yeah. Is Amani Bates two? Amani Bates being inserted in the lineup, the, the fractionist, him leaving for whatever the hell his back was. If you're going to say that ostensibly long we, wrong with his just, back. Yeah, with the biomechanics injury. Bio, the me- yeah, biomechanical that was, injury. That was, that was a new one. I think if you're saying the whole Amani Bates experience, too, I'm fine with that. Because that incorporates, that encompasses basically a lot. Yeah, exactly. There's there's a lot that goes in. The, the Ole Miss game, all of that, yeah. the, everything. Are you going... I mean, literally, we've already relegated to number three. They are actually on probation for the assistant coach recruiting stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, ah, they're actually on probation for that right now. I, I think for me, like, three is just the entire IARP. But does that count as Wiseman? Is that all under the Wiseman umbrella? No, no, that's all. The Wiseman, that's all. That's all Wiseman, because that was all a Wiseman-related. There was nothing really else to that but Wiseman. That's all Wiseman. All that's Wiseman. Wiseman at East, Wiseman at whatever. Like, all that's Wiseman. Okay. The decision finally coming down. Wiseman's, that's why the Wiseman is, the, is clearly the biggest. How about just the, the coming? The, the, then there's all those, the weird, like, if you, like, the coaches coming and going. Can we lump that under one? Like, Larry Brown just disappearing. Well, in the middle like, of the year. Remember Rasheed Wallace. Rasheed like, Wallace like, just, just disappearing. Yeah. You know, in the middle. Yeah, Rasheed Wallace just disappeared. Yeah, the revolving door of assistance. Is that what yeah. we'd say? Um, unless you want to make them ind- individual. Like, uh, like it is funny. Like, Rasheed Wallace, you just sort of forget. Yeah, he was here, and then all of a sudden he was gone. I think I'm just going to just say revolving door. Re- revolving door of, of assistance yeah. or players, too? Of The revolving door just in general. Do you include Mikey, even though Mikey never was really even... I don't think Mikey had an impact. A lot of these things had an impact on their... Like, were a distraction that actually had an impact on the play, one way or another. Coaches coming and going, players coming and going, um, clearly Wiseman playing, not playing. Like, all that stuff had a disruptive impact. Mikey was only purely theoretical. Yeah, I think he's it, pretty far down the list. That's fine. I Good am- headlines, but... For me, I am putting the Jordan Brown experience. Jordan Brown experience? His illness? The illness, the, the being voted, the putting Off him... the island vo- and then put him and back then anyway? Back, yeah, just the whole Jordan Brown experience I'm putting on the list. <sighs> it's always something. And uh, it does feel like it's always something. And by the way, I mean, like Penny said yesterday, I can't speak on that. He said, I'm learning just like you. Well, I get that he. I didn't expect him to say anything about yeah. it. Yeah, certainly he wasn't going to say anything about it. Um, I, I think it's fair to say Penny has great strengths. One of his weaknesses as CEO of a program. Can we can we say that? Yes, I, that's all. I, I mean, listen, Penny back when back in the high school days, he said he never read the rule book. Correct. Didn't know the rules. That is Penny's approach, right? Didn't know the rules. You didn't can't read break a rule if you didn't know it. I can't break the rule if you didn't know it. And if and it is weird that in a time when coaches are famous for being micromanagers. Micromanagers. Or, yeah. And so if this thing was happening under Penny's watch, it is his responsibility. Yes. It is his responsibility. And it may be that he doesn't you know, I've often heard that he runs it like, you know, he trusts the players. He he doesn't run a he doesn't run a tight ship. Yes. Fair? Yes. Fair. That's it, yes. And that will ultimately, uh, who knows? It, it, could this be the thing that leads to the end of Penny? Sure, could. I, I wouldn't predict it. I wouldn't think so. Uh, but it's another thing that you're like, holy crap. And then, and then another thing that Penny's really good at is not letting the noise uh, distract him from the task at hand. Right? Yeah. I mean... It, in the midst of all of that. Compartmentalization, I guess. In the midst of, well, and maybe it's the same way he doesn't sweat the details. Correct. On in the, the same, end, in the same way that if you're not the, worried like, about the rules. Right. You're not worried. You know I, mean? I don't know. Yeah. yeah you know, who cares about the investigation? Right. Right. Because what they did yesterday was just damn impressive. 
come out and beat Florida Atlantic. Now, Florida Atlantic is not the Titanic team that they were advertised to be, let's be honest. But um, that was a fun day. Um, included a chicken dance proposal. Mm-hmm. Do you think the guy, so the guy proposed during the chicken dance uh, song, and he was, at the, uh, at the outset of the song, flapping. He was flapping. He was doing a little bit of the chicken dance and then gets down on one knee, whatever, all that. She said yes. Do you think the plan all along was a chicken dance proposal, or do you think he just decided to, apologize for this one, wing it? Yeah, so when I watched the video clip, my gut reaction was he did not know the camera was coming on to him during the chicken dance because he starts dancing. He and then did do a little chicken th- dance. Didn't you get the sense, like, when you watch it, it's like, oh, here's my moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so... But maybe he was dancing in order to draw the camera, to hope to get the camera to do the chicken dance. That would be an unconventional proposal. You would think kiss cam would be a more natural proposal, right? Yeah, I got the sense, and again, done no reporting. I just, I'm just saying, my gut reaction we watching talk the to video. Buff City Media, they'll get to the bottom of this. There's no question. Yeah, my gut was he, he maybe thought he was gonna get on camera somehow, some way, at some point, and so he came prepared. Correct. Maybe he was doing all the things. Maybe he was ready for the kiss cam. He was ready for the flex cam. He was right. ready for, if they still do that. He was ready for the whatever it is, whatever it is. He was gonna take advantage of his moment in the sun. Correct, but it did not seem it because it almost looked to me like there was a moment where like he realized like oh like there was kind of like a and then he yeah, reached yeah, into his yeah, pocket. That no, was very impressive, very impressive. And then we had a, a Whataburger uh, three point shot. Yes, I mean the whole thing it was it came together as a uh, in a perfect day. I think I think the thing that to me was most impressive. Well, let's be honest, Naquan Tomlin was great. He was unbelievable, unbelievable all day difference maker, huge difference maker. Um, and uh, 28, 21, uh, 8, and 3 played with energy. Uh, the broadcast, they compared him to DeAndre Williams. And you could see that. It was the emotion. Um, he was absolutely, absolutely terrific. David Jones was, uh, had a big second half. He does what he does, 25 and 10, you know. Um, and, uh, 10 and 20 and 8 of them, I think, were in the second half. So he did what he did. Two things struck me more than anything else. Six turnovers. Yep. Six turnovers. None from Quinterly. Yep. He would often... There are nights when he's been responsible for six himself. Oh, yeah. Uh, six turnovers, none from Quinterly, and they forced 13. And then secondly, and this is not a coincidence, ladies and gentlemen, all five starters played more than 30 points, 30 minutes. Yes. And we got to the, by the time we got to the first time out, Penny had not made a sub. He rode his dudes, and his dudes came through. Now, you can argue chicken, egg, did his dudes come through, and that's why he rode them, or uh, did he, or, or, or did they come through because he rode them? Um, I think there's some causation there. Um, but, All five starters played more than 30 minutes. And the results, David Jones, 25-10. Naquan Tomlin, 21-8 with three steals. Quinterly, 14 points. Started out slow. Couldn't hit anything to begin with, honestly. 14.66, no turnovers. Um, Walton was good as well. And Jordan, eight rebounds uh, for Jordan. Walton uh, was 5-9. 11 points, 5 rebounds, 3 steals. You had other players. Uh, Jaden was the only other player who played double figures in minutes. Someone's got to play. Um, and then you had brief appearances. Like Ashton. Ashton was inserted into the game, gave up two corner threes, and out he came. Yeah. And, uh, and Joe Cooper is plays with incredible energy and um, played 7 minutes or so. And... You can see his limitations, too. Yep. You know, you know it, a great story. Great story. Plays with great energy. Penny wrote his guys, and his guys came through for him. And, uh, I mean, there are other stats, whatever. You want uh, 23 to 18 in second chance point. 11 to 3 in steals. Um, they held Florida Atlantic to 43.8% shooting from the field. 7 of 28 from three. You go right down the line, but they played with... Honestly, defensively, 
They just tried. You know what I mean? I don't mean tried. They were furiously engaged, right? They were furiously engaged, and they rose to the moment. It was a great, it was a great day yesterday. Not the day that it should have been because they're still on the outside looking in, but it was a great day at FedEx Forum. Yeah, the thing that really impressed me about yesterday was, number one, when I thought Florida Atlantic in the first half, you could sense like, okay, they hadn't hit a lot of shots. They started to hit some shots, and you felt like, uh, is this kind of where they yeah. start to pull away? Memphis kept fighting. And then the other thing that really stands out to me, it's like I, I guess I'd have to go back and think about every single game. That was the first game in a very long time where I felt like, man, they are just making it very difficult on Florida Atlantic. That's the thing. Everything felt everything felt Everything was very, challenged. Very everything difficult. was hard. Jordan closing out on that three, blocking a freaking three-point. By the way, oh, you know what? We, we got Dan Devine coming up next and then Chris Harrington, so we're going to take a little break from Tigers uh, in, in just a minute. So I'm not going to be able to – oftentimes I break and then we'll come back and take calls. Um, here, uh, because we're devoting this first segment to this, um, I'll take some calls now if you if you want. Uh, 901-445-0929. 901-445-0929 is the phone number. What you thought the difference was yesterday um, and what you think about uh, their chances uh, now if you want to weigh in on that. 445-0929, 445-0929. Jeffrey, I'll ask you while we start this. Do you think Malco's absence, not because, like, he's played well this year. Right, his his best year, but his absence did allow. You know what I mean? It took it took a guy away from Penny. Did his absence, in fact, and I, this is not to disparage the, his play this year, but we've also know that like there were times earlier in the year when Penny couldn't play guys together. Right? Yeah. Did his absence help? I I don't really think that's answerable for me. Like I, it's a right. I think your your answer is the right answer. You know what I mean? Because I. If, if you can also talk me into, hey, maybe they get a couple more rebounds. Maybe, maybe Golden doesn't go nine for nine yeah, if you got if you got Malco there, right? And we've seen that right now. Malco is not Malco doesn't prevent Tomlin from playing. Like I think Tomlin's going to have that game no matter what. He just looked like he was the player that he had been advertised to be. Finally, yesterday, like extremely athletic, very versatile. We saw him even step out, hit some threes. Like that was the type of player that he was billed as, and so I don't think Malcolm being on the floor would have prevented that. I think that's right. Uh, phone number again is four four five zero nine two nine four four five zero nine two nine. If you want to weigh in on what you observed, what you thought the big difference was yesterday, uh, or if you were in the building and and what it felt like, uh, we will take your calls because we're only going to do it in the first segment. Um, I think that's fair to Malcolm. Do you expect to see him back? Is that also unanswerable? I'm going to say no. I think unlikely. I think I think maybe Penny thinks he's going to be back. I, I if you made me bet, my answer is no. And and uh, you know the, the 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 unfortunate part of all of this is really inspirational win, fun day at FedEx Forum, and they're not in the conversation. You know, they're not, they're, they are not in the national conversation. They, here's how they're in the national conversation, and I've seen this. They're in the national conversation as a, in fact, I think John Rothstein tweeted it today, as a potential bid stealer because, oh, they look dangerous if they're getting it together going into the conference tournament. That's how they're in the, con- the conversation. They're not in the at-large conversation. They're in the conversation of, oh, maybe Memphis is getting it together and... If they play like that, they can go to the conference tournament and they can then maybe win the tournament and steal a bit. That's how they're in the conversation. They are not in the at-large conversation because of all the damage that they did to themselves. We'll take a couple calls on this. we got Dan Devine coming up next, Chris Harrington after that. Again, the phone number, uh, if you want to get in, 445-0929. Jeffrey, who are we starting with? Jeff, let's start with our friend Dennis in Whitehaven. Dennis, you're on. Hey, Dennis. Hey, good morning, good morning, guys. Look, I, um, I think it's kind of simple. I mean, you hit on all the points. Six turnovers. At one point, uh, David Jones and Quinterly had no turnovers. I mean, it was like late in the game, man. So that's one thing. Rebounds. I think Jordan had eight rebounds, maybe. Jordan had I'm eight, not sure. Jordan had eight I mean, rebounds. Yep. So that, that's the other thing. 
And the main piece I've said before, even though Jones gets the credit, if JQ is locked in and he's playing, now he didn't start off playing good, but he stayed, like you guys said, engaged, man. I mean, if they play like that, which is up in the air, you know, they can do anything. Now, what I'm more worried about is the Malcolm Daniels stuff. It, that scares the hell out of me, man. I just, I mean, we're already on probation, like you said. I mean, do you forfeit games that he already played? I mean, not to be a negative nail on a good day like this, but I am scared to death of that, man. But good win for them. Thanks. Appreciate it. Yeah, no, it's worrisome. Uh, there's no question. To the rebounding point, um, Tigers got 15 offensive rebounds. Florida Atlantic got 13 offensive rebounds. Who's next, Jeffrey? Jeff, let's go to Eric in Memphis. Eric, you're on. Hey, thank you very much, man. You know, I would listen to the radio station. Sir, this is my very first time I listened to it. But I want to say the same thing. Memphis played a great game. The turnovers, lack of turnovers, stand out to me. I just want to see Memphis go to the glass, send their, all their guys to the glass. And that's going to mean a lot in the, in the postseason if they get there because the game slows down. Everybody needs to attack the glass. I'm, I'm very proud of the game they won. I want to see them get in the tournament. I don't know exactly what they need to do. Do they need to win against Florida Atlantic to get in the tournament and make a push in the, in the conference tournament? But I was very proud of the game that I played yesterday. That's one of the best games I've seen them play this year with this team. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right. I'll take one more on this, Jeffrey. Who we got? Jeff, let's go to Joe in East Memphis. Joe, hey, Joe, you're on. Hey, what's going on, Jeff? We're good. Um, okay. Hey, I just have a simple question. I, well, let me just say, the Tigers played a great game yesterday. But uh, didn't Malcolm Dandridge graduate? Uh, yes, he is. He's, this is a he's graduate, graduate course. It's that, a graduate course that is the uh, subject of the uh, investigation. So he has oh. actually graduated. But if you're going to be enrolled, you can't just be enrolled. You still, I mean, if you still play, you still have to be enrolled in other classes. And oh, so okay. that's why it's irrelevant. That's why it's relevant. Oh. Thanks. Oh, okay. Appreciate it, Joe. All right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So, Jeffrey, where are they, do you think? Um, and so Penny was asked yesterday, um, uh, you listen, if they run the table, can they get – if they run the table, Jeffrey, and get to the championship game, where are you on this? I think they still need to win the championship game. That's the problem. Is it, The problem is is that they, they played very well yesterday, Right. Now, mind you, Florida Atlantic still had a chance at a three-pointer to tie down the stretch, right? They had a 10-point lead, and they narrowed it, and they had a chance. And I'm like, you're... You know. After a turnover. By the way, hell of a defensive possession by Memphis. Absolutely. As, as they are trying to get off that three, hell of a defensive possession by Memphis. Like, a lot of times, we've seen wide-open threes to beat Memphis. Like, how did they get that shot, you know, in that moment? Hell, you saw that from Florida Atlantic last year in the tournament, yeah. right? Here, they're trying to get a three to tie... Hell of a defensive possession. The problem is they've created so little margin for error that if you get a game when whatever, you know, Jake, uh, you know, when, when Quinterly isn't locked in or if you get a game when, you know, Tomlin isn't that spectacular. Now, on the other hand, you know, Memphis themselves, only 5 of 27 from 3. Yeah, it wasn't like they— it It's wasn't not like, like they, they hit everything. Yes, no, I agreed. But they did get good play from all their starters. They yeah. got good play from all their starters. And if you've got to win four games, it's just hard. It, that's a hard thing to do. There is no room for error. You cannot slip. You have to string game after game after game after game. And they get tougher because you're getting wearier. Now, mind you, there is still a chance. Didn't help that UAB pulled out the win yesterday. Um, but there is still a chance right now. Uh, they are sixth place. They are a game behind SMU for fifth and they're a game and a half behind UAB for fourth. They still play UAB. Next up, they've got East Carolina. Yeah, the problem that I'm seeing is, okay, like if we play it out, those two games, they help you in the standings, but they don't necessarily help your resume. Right. And so then you get into the spot where if you go and you beat right. FAU on the road, which is a quality win, you're detracting it's from like your yesterday, own resume. Yeah. It's like yesterday by beating FAU, you knocked them to quad two. Right. Yes. And so it's almost like by by helping yourself on in reality, you're hurting yourself on paper. And that's the problem. 
Uh, we got a big show uh, today because we got Dan Devine next, then we have Chris Harrington, and then uh, a lot more to talk about, including um, including the fact that it's uh, the NFL Combine Week, and T. Higgins has been tagged, and there is other news as well. So we got to get to all of that. Before then, I will tell you again. Want to thank the folks from O'Call. I I, I, uh, I went into O'Call last week and picked out just a beautiful. They helped me pick it out. Like I, I'm not capable of doing this. Beautiful sport coat, beautiful uh, 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 button-down shirt, um, slacks, and they're so just incredibly helpful there. Um, just incredibly helpful. And then they've got their tailor who's right there. And then they have their people who do the, who do, who do the alterations who are right on site, you know, it's not sending it off somewhere and hoping it's right or whatever else. They've got deeply experienced people. It's the kind of store that just doesn't exist a lot of places anymore. And we're lucky enough to have one here. And by the way, I don't know if you noticed, it's going to be 77 degrees today. Spring is springing. And so right now at O'Call, tables are laden with beautiful, uh, new spring and summer clothes. So head on in, take advantage of the fact that we've got one of the great stores in America. It is O'Call. Going to take a break. Dan Devine coming up next. Jeff Cockett Show, 92.9 FM ESPN. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink think what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This year, Dell Technologies wants to help you do amazing things with their best tech. For a limited time only, save on select next-gen PCs like the XPS 13 Plus, powered by Intel Core processors and more. Plus, curate your dream setup with great deals on select monitors, mice, and more must-have electronics and accessories. When you shop online at dell.com deals, you'll have access to leading-edge technology to to match your forward-thinking spirit and free shipping on everything. Again, that's Dell.com slash deals. Picture this. It's Saturday morning and you're on your John Deere compact tractor. You're effortlessly breaking ground on your new landscaping project. Next, you're moving piles of rocks just by moving a lever. And now, you're enjoying the warmth of the sun as you clear brush across your pasture. We could keep trying to put you in the moment, but to really understand everything you can do with a John Deere compact tractor, you just have to get in the seat. Learn more at johndeere.com slash get in the seat or visit a dealer near you. I'm what you might call very good at hide and seek. This one time, my parents had to round up the whole neighborhood to track me down. It was a mess. A lot of tears. Well, now that we got Xfinity, we have Wi-Fi all over the house, including all my favorite super secret hiding spots. So I can kill time in here by streaming my shows and... Ha! Found ya. The heck? How? You left to find my tablet on. This generation, ruining the game with their performance enhancers. Get wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity for a reliable connection throughout your home. Now through March 5th, get gig speed internet for $35 a month for 12 months when you add unlimited mobile. Plus, get Wi-Fi equipment included for two years. Go to Xfinity.com, call 1-800-XFINITY, or visit a store today. Requires paperless plan auto pay stored bank account. Restrictions apply. Taxes and fees extra and may change. Gig speed Wi-Fi requires gig internet and Xfinity gateway. After 12 months, internet increases to $60. After 24 months, regular rates apply. Xfinity mobile requires Xfinity internet. Actual speeds vary. It's time to get thunderstruck during Gossip Mitsubishi Spring Sales Event at Gossip at Mitsubishi on the Pike. Ready to get 43 MPG Highway? Check out the 2024 Mitsubishi Mirage. We gossip. 18610 or 249 a month. Need extra room? Seven passenger seating in 2024 Mitsubishi Outlander SE. 33605 or 399.99 a month. And gossip Mitsubishi's got sophisticated styling and comfort in 2024 Mitsubishi Eclipse Cross. 31200 or 449 a month. Plus every gossip Mitsubishi comes with Mitsubishi's 10-year 100,000 mile powertrain limited warranty that's gossip mitsubishi 1870 covington pike and 24 7 at memphis mitsubishi.com if you want it we got it and got it more
Barrage RH00593 1 MSRP 19110 Outlander RZO 19512 MSRP 34605 Eclipse RZO 10625 MSRP 317 Includes all rebates and incentives PF 695 excludes tax title and license See dealer for complete details Offer valid through end of the month With approved credit dealer stock only Without the ones like you Who work tirelessly to keep things running Everything would suddenly stop Hospitals, factories, schools and power plants They all depend on you No matter the weather, emergency or time of day You're the ones who get it done at Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. <coughs> oh, this cold. Honey? <laughs> honey? Honey, you need DayQuil Severe Honey. DayQuil Severe Honey gives you powerful cold and flu symptom relief with a honey-licious taste. Because life doesn't stop for a cold. Okay, I'm ready to go. <coughs> Ugh, now I'm getting a cold. Honey. Try DayQuil Severe Honey for powerful cold and flu relief. DayQuil Severe with honey flavor. The daytime coughing, aching, stuffy head fever. Honeylicious. Power through your day. Medicine. Use as directed. Keep out of reach of children. Get ready. This week, Staples has deals so good, you're going to want to sit down. Are you sitting? I'll wait. Great. Right now, during Staples Sit-A-Thon, you can save up to $180 on select chairs. That's up to $180 off desk chairs, up to $180 off computer chairs, and up to $180 off gaming chairs. So hurry into Staples now for the Staples Sit-A-Thon and grab a seat or two. Ends 3-2. In-store only. See associate for details. Hop on over to Family Dollar for everything Easter this year. Save time and money with fun, affordable, pre-filled Easter baskets starting at only $5 a piece. Or get creative and craft your own with a large selection of basket stuffers like plushes, sweets, and toys. On the hunt for amazing deals on basket filler candies like chocolate eggs, three for $3, or sweet tarts jelly beans. Now buy two, get one free. Don't worry, we've got treats for everyone. Only at Family Dollar, helping you do more. Jeff's guests appear on the Frame Corner phone lines. Frame Corner, with expert custom and do-it-yourself framing since 1975 on Park Avenue in East Memphis. Now, back to the Jeff Calkins Show, live from the Genesis Memphis Covington Pike Studios on 92.9 FM ESPN. Back on the Jeff Calkins Show, joined now by Dan Devine, senior NBA writer over at Yahoo. And uh, make sure you catch the podcast, No Caprum is the podcast, all things NBA. Dan, I'd like, you to, I'd like to ask you about all the exciting things happening with the Memphis Grizzlies. But let's be honest, there's not a lot. It, 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 <laughs> I mean, we've, the, the problem is we're sort of the, the stuff that we, that's fun, which is Gigi Jackson and Vince Williams... We kind of we we kind of know. Like I'm, I believe in Vince Williams. I believe in him for next year already. Gigi, I guess you know. There's more proof of concept here in the uh, in the in the in the remaining games of the season. But it is sort of a. I mean, it's that time of year, right? There for certain teams. Atlanta, who knows what's going to happen with Atlanta now? For certain teams, it's it's play out the string string time. Yeah, once you get to the other side of the All-Star break and, you know, you kind of get the lay of the land and, like, well, is there is there a chance we could catch an inside straight and, like, make a run into the 10 seed or the 9 seed or whatever? Like, um, I mean, whether, how, hot, how hotly contested or how interesting you find the 9 and 10 race in the East between, uh, you know, like Atlanta and the Raptors and Brooklyn and the Bulls might just determine how much of a sicko you are. Like, if you, are, are you, do you have serious personal problems that you might need to address in another format, um, but when you get like the case of the Grizzlies, I think everybody has known for quite a while like this was not going to end in postseason play, right? This season, just every the deck was so st- the deck was so stacked from the early going. Um, you know, there was a chance if Jock comes back, and everybody knows, you know, then you can catch a run, but then he goes right back out. Everybody else gets injured, and so the the parts to keep an eye on, obviously, yeah, you mentioned, but yeah, everyone now knows Vince Williams. Everyone now knows, uh, you know, Gigi Jackson as like a developmental 
developmental project and the idea like, well, if he had another year of seasoning, might he have been like a, t- a high lottery pick? So you kind of like lucked into a, you know one of those. You know, you you know, your scouting and development might have found you a diamond in the rough, and that's pretty cool to watch. And you can kind of dream of what comes. Then uh, in terms of like individual immediate skill things, it's like, well, how much can Jaron stretch his game even further? You know, like where is he at in, in terms of his effectiveness out of the post, passing out of there, being more of a, of a facilitator, the kinds of things he doesn't usually have to do when you're not, you know, your top nine playmakers aren't hurt. Um, so it, like, this is the time. It's like basically an extended training camp for a lot of guys. How do we stretch our individual games? How do we sort of show that we can make the most of the minutes we've got? And then especially where the deck has been sort of shuffled again, you know, uh, David Roddy out, you know, the trade deadline, shuffling people in and out, making more oppor- uh, opportunities and opening things for guys up on 10 days and on two ways and stuff like that. This is just, it's continually a churn the roster, churn the minutes, see what we can kind of build out of in advance of next year. And then you zoom out and the big picture is, I mean, it's, it's cold comfort, I realize, if you are a season ticket holder or somebody who is watching these games every night, night in and night out. But if you come out of this season as haunted and you know horrifying as it's been in certain contexts with a couple of rotation guys, a high lottery pick, and then maybe some individual skill advancement like we talked about with Jaron, like we had talked about with Desmond Bain earlier in the season, effectively being a point guard now. Um, you know, these are things you can build on moving forward. So it's, and then the fact that like Taylor Jenkins has maintained like a top 10-ish defense all year with all of this churn, I think gives you a little bit more confidence in what you're able to do, what he's able to do, and what he's able to manifest there. So uh, there, there's stuff to look forward to. But yeah, in the night tonight, it's like it's kind of like if you see a kid only like once every year, and you're like, oh my god, you've grown. You're not there every day watching the growth. You, the Grizzlies fans are now here having to watch the growth, and you're seeing the centimeters as opposed to the big growth spurt. Is there? And we'll get into this more as time goes on. Is there a center candidate? who you think would be perfect, this isn't fair, top-of-the-head stuff. What do, the, what, what do the Grizzlies need next to Jaron, and will that player be available, and is it Wendell Clark? I mean, Wendell Carter's an interesting, uh, an, an interesting project or prospect because he, like, squint, and there's some similar stuff to Jaron. You know, like, it's the, the, the advanced, or the, the most advanced parts of his game are you know, floor stretching and rim protection, essentially. Like, he, I don't know that he's an, an elite defensive rebounder. Actually, I'll have to, like, look up the numbers on that. But I think he's, a, he's interesting because, like, he played – he played down in Chicago, but that was a developmental context in which almost everybody played down during his time with the Bulls. Um, you know, Lowry Markkinen looked like he might be a fourth forward for most of his time in Chicago, and then all of a sudden is an all you know all star. So, um, and then he, uh, Wendell Carter Jr. has has looked pretty good in long stretches in Orlando, and the production has been there. But then they kind of caught their rhythm for the most part this season when he had been out, and Goga Batatse was in there in, in a very similar like a little bit more of the Steven Adams-y kind of role at a, as a center. Like, Gogo was basically just drop coverage, rim protection, box people out, screen and dive. Like, there wasn't a whole – and, like, a little bit of playmaking from the elbows. So Wendell Carter Jr. is, like, a little bit more well-rounded offensively in a way that, like, Jaron was kind of that to Steven Adams. And there is value to that. I just wonder, I wonder if it might be a little bit duplicative in Memphis. Right. But to be to be honest with you, I have not thought a ton about it. Uh, you know, this is off the top of my head, instant reaction to it. But I think that generally speaking, what you're still looking to do with a center is you're looking to protect Jaron from like the most the more heinous foul trouble. You're looking to maximize what Jaron can give you as a you know as a roamer on the defensive end, as a weak side rim protector, somebody who doesn't have to necessarily stay planted in the paint all the time. Um, and then, you know, the, the Grizzlies have continued to need, you know, more help on the offensive glass, more help on the defense. So you, you're looking for a bruiser. I know it's boring to say if you could find a Steven Adams type. <laughs> right. um, but uh, if nothing else, I mean, that, that, it, it is a framework that we know has worked. Uh, then again, the idea of having like two bigs who could stretch with Jaw and Bain out there, that's pretty enticing. You know, the amount of space you could give those guys might help unlock uh, the half-court offense. It's always been a little bit of a grind. So uh, I'm interested in the thought experiment. I think that's kind of a nice idea um dan divine from yahoo on twitter at your man divine twitter or x at your man divine all right so so not necessarily thrilling here uh, in grizzlies land but across the west pretty damn 
um, interesting what is happening here. And you've even got teams like the Lakers and Golden State have got off the mat. You've got Dallas is incredibly hot. You've obviously got these surprising, maybe I guess they're surprising, the, the, the Clippers became surprising when good health arrived, that Minnesota continues to be surprising. You've got Denver. Here's my question. If I could give you one team or the field in the West, would you take it and it, should that be team? And would your answer be different in the East? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, so if you, like, like, if you give in, in the West, I you think... You get to pick your team and decide if you want that team or the field and the same thing in the East, right? And I mean, if you if you would give me Denver, I think I would still take that. I, I don't love the Nuggets bench, and that's been sort of the, the big issue all season long. Um, they, you know, they it, it doesn't feel like it should be as gigantic an issue because ultimately what they moved off of was Bruce Brown and Jeff Green, and it doesn't right. feel like those guys should be irreplaceable. But they've kind of had a little bit of you know, they're going with youth at those positions. Christian Brown has been up and down this year as he's been elevated in the pecking order. Peyton Watson has looked exciting for them, but again, you know, young guys in the context of a playoff series like Reggie Jackson is fine but doesn't give you like the size and defensive versatility that Bruce Brown gave you so like ultimately when you get to the playoffs it's probably just going to be 42 minutes of Jokic 40 minutes of Murray uh, Aaron Gordon's your backup center and like where are the holes Um, so I think if you gave me them and said I could take them over the field I probably would do that but you're right so much of it is going to be styles make fights and just matchups in the the West I'm really fascinated to find out what Minnesota looks like in some of these series because I think that they have become so much more comfortable in that identity of like we're huge and we're just going to beat the heck out of you like we're we're and we're going to force you to play us out of that because that was always sort of the dirty little secret it became a very easy talking point to say well, Utah's never going to win anything because when it, when it matters, you're just going to go small and play Rudy Gobert off the floor. And it turns out that if your guards are not Mike Conley and Donovan Mitchell and your wings aren't small and not good at defense, it's a lot harder to just go small and play Rudy Gobert off the floor when you say, all right, our starting backcourt, our starting wings are Anthony Edwards and Jaden McDaniels, and everyone's gigantic. Um, Rudy Gobert looks pretty good, even against small ball teams. So uh, that, from a styles make fights perspective, I'm interested in them. In the East, I think, yeah, I mean, I think you have to yeah. say like, I would take that and I would take Boston, as much as it kind of sets my teeth on edge, because I look at the Celtics and I'm like, I get it. I understand the numbers all line up with what you see on the, on the screen, and Porzingis has made them like a – a very difficult, an even more difficult puzzle to, de- to defend. Um, it, it, everybody can shoot. The spacing is crazy. Uh, all that kind of stuff. I saw them go from a tie game, uh, like 64-64 uh, with the Knicks the other night, to like up by 20 in about five minutes. And it's just like, well, th- that is a war machine when it gets going. And yet it just becomes like, how much do you rely on Kristaps Porzingis staying healthy through four rounds of the playoffs? We've, all, we've never seen him past one round of a playoff series, but like that's just you know it's faith is uh, whatever belief in things unseen so maybe it's just, it's just there it's going to be that but I don't see anybody else that I think like that team is definitely going to mount a serious shot um, I'm open to the Bucks proving me wrong there I'm open to the Knicks getting healthy enough to take a, shot, a crack at it but it certainly looks right now like Boston and everybody else and what do you make of the whole Doc's return how it's turned out the narratives all of it the the the, the the losses the the revisionist history or whatever you want to call it the the uh, what do you make of that entire saga? It feels like Doc Rivers took a coaching job so that he could do press conferences again. <laughs> it's like, it was like Doc Rivers got a little bit bored of just doing like an occasional podcast interview or, and being on TV once a week, and was like, if I could get in front of media a lot and just sort of wax, it's like he's he's workshopping a comedy special or something right. like that. Like I got to get up, got to get up as much time as I can. I got to build up my stage time. Um, I think the, the the most important thing for for Milwaukee was just can we get the defense organized? Can we pluck the low hanging fruit? No terrible training transition defense going from the, the worst in the league to just not bad would be nice. Um, and then can we sort of formula, it's like instead of if we're going to be aggressive, like uh, Adrian Griffin had them you know, blitzing 40 feet from the basket and all of a sudden Brooke Lopez is trapping guys and you're like, that's not what he's built for. Don't do that. And so if Doc Rivers is like if we're going to be aggressive, it's going to be with the aim of forcing turnovers. And if we're not, we're going to make everybody finish over the big guys like what worked pretty well for Coach Bud for a long time. The defense has ticked up dramatically. It's looked great since uh, 
at least a couple games since the All-Star break. And then the offense is like Giannis is at an MVP level. A lot, of, And almost all of it's going to come down to is Dame hitting shots, and he has, you know, that has ticked up the last couple of games. Uh, his playmaking was great the other night when he wasn't hitting shots. And then what do you get out of Chris Middleton? Um, and so like that was probably going to be true no matter what with – whether it was Adrian Griffin or Doc Rivers or whoever coaching the Bucks, Tom Nelson. But um, the reality is if those guys believe more in Doc Rivers, then that's, you know, that's job one. Like, if you, you, need, you, you need a coach who is able to get the players to buy what he is selling. And if Adrian Griffin was having a hard time with that and Doc Rivers is, is going to be a, an easier sell for guys like Giannis, then you know, that's kinda, it gets you halfway there already. And it looks like the, the, the lines are trending up even if the results haven't necessarily been overwhelming so far. Uh, talking to Dan Devine, the, the uh, podcast is no Capram, uh, and you should listen to that and follow him, of course, on X at Your Man Devine. Last question: Speaking of uh, speaking of coaches, Steve Kerr got an extension, two-year extension um, over the weekend. It's interesting. Um, obviously, he's tied to Steph now; his contract matches Steph's uh, in in terms of duration. Should he get credit for uh, he? I guess he should get credit for the way the Warriors have reinvented themselves, and yet it felt like he was sort of dragging his heels for a long time on the Warriors reinventing themselves. I, I mean, I think the, the the sunniest view of that is like I am going to give Clay Thompson and Draymond Green, but particularly Clay Thompson, I am going to give him every opportunity I possibly can to get all the way back and prove that he's like ready to be a full you know, a full time star level starter that gets us closer to championship. It's basically like I, I I am not willing to let go of what what we were, what we have been. Which I can't. I mean, I can't blame him right. for you know, and and I can't blame Clay Thompson for being like for responding to so much of the criticism earlier this season with indignation. Like, do you guys forget who I am? And I imagine that facing your this one version of your mortality, especially somebody who went through two missed two years due to injury, got all the way back, won a championship, and then started to slip again. Like, it's got to be, it's got to do your head in. So, I think there there came a point where it's like I now can't ignore that our best chances in a lot of these lineups come with Jonathan Kuminga and Brandon Pajemski on the floor. And if we let Clay come off the bench, it creates more. It, it might make things easier for him. It gives him more of an opportunity to gun without it hurting our overall team. And it gives, you know, the younger guys get us more pace, more verve. Draymond coming back, like, for all the things that are wrong with Draymond Green, and there's been many, you know, discussions about it, like, it's not hard to see that the trend line started going way north for them, for everybody there, once he got back uh, in mid, you know, mid-January. And so it's like, yeah, Kurt deserves credit for acknowledging eventually what we you know the, the state of affairs was with the team. Um, and, I, and I guess, you know, broadly you could say he deserves credit for being, like, the reason that those guys want to run through a wall for Kurt is, is the kind of stuff that he did. Like, I'm going to give these guys every opportunity to prove it, and then when they can't, I'm going to have a hard conversation with them and we're going to move forward. I think the way that the war Warriors have been playing for most of the last month, you know, month plus makes them the kind of team that if they get into, you know, a seven, eight series, or if they're able to get, you know, be that first round team that a favorite's got to play, it's going to be a real pain in the neck for them. Um, and if they go out on their shields, then, you know, at least, at least they sort of gave this group another opportunity to, uh, you know, to, to make that last run. And then come the offseason, Clay Thompson with a, a, a hitting free agency, who knows what comes from there. But uh, this was like a, we're going to give ourselves every opportunity to make this work as best we can. Dan, thanks for joining us. I appreciate it, man. My pleasure, Jeff. Yep. Take care. Dan Devine. Uh, I have updates, Jeffrey, on the uh, chicken dance proposal. All right, let's hear it. Uh, uh, we have, uh, the, it seems to be the, um, the groom-to-be himself who uh, has tweeted me. Because I was, the question was, did he plan the chicken dance proposal or did he wing it? Correct. Right. And what he said was, had the proposal planned for afterwards out front of the forum, and when we put the put me on camera, I just took advantage of it. You know what it is. You know what today is, Jeffrey. Carpe Diem Day. Mm-hmm. Today is Carpe Diem Day, and so you know what our man did? He seized he the seized day. He seized the day. Or he plucked the he day. He seized the moment, or he plucked the day. It's funny because. Uh, another fellow who knows uh, the groom had written me and said, I know him personally. He told me he reached out to the Tigers and the Grizz about, hey, can I get on, you know, mm-hmm. 
and they didn't respond back. So he just stood up in hopes the camera would catch him dancing. And when did he propose to her? He had people outside, waiting outside with a sign, so it was going to happen yesterday regardless. That's consistent with the, it was going to happen out on yep. the thing. And then he said his, the, the, the woman, the bride, was telling him to sit down right before the camera caught him. No, 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 you got to understand. So she, he was up dancing, hoping to, to maybe catch the camera. And she's like, oh, my God, sit down. Sit, you're embarrassing. Us. Well, this sit sounds good. So then, At least she said yes. And so then he, he then he takes advantage of the moment, mm-hmm. and uh, he takes advantage of the moment. And you got to credit him for that, right? Don't you? Absolutely. Um, that is, you he know, made a play. He made a play, and uh, you got the, the Tigers did the same. Correct. Right. The moments there in front of you it really capsulized the whole thing. So we appreciate. God, we get to the bottom of things here mm-hmm. on this show. This is not like a lot of shows just have hot takes and get off the fence no, stuff no, no. or whatever else. We take an issue. Correct. And we try to get into the into the weeds so we can tell you the truth about what is happening. By the way, that's journalistic a mo- integrity. That's a show. moment where uh that uh that's a moment where our man is gonna have pictures of that, right? He's gonna have pictures of that. Literally, there's gonna be video. There's yes, but the I'm interested in the photos because mm-hmm. he's gonna take those, I would think, if he's listening. To Frame Corner Memphis. Smart. Uh, head on over to the Frame Corner at 5035 Park Avenue. You want that. Like, you honestly, you do. You want that photo. It's a great moment. You're on your knees, and you're at, the, at FedEx Forum. You want it framed beautifully, and no one does it better than the folks at the Frame Corner. Um, so whether you, honestly, if you want to go in there and, and buy a, uh, a pre-made frame, they've got all kinds of frames available.